0: It's the Real Estate Podcast, brought to you by Ray White, the largest real estate and property group in Australasia.
1: And welcome to another episode of the Real Estate Podcast, available on iHeartRadio, also on Spotify and Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast from. Well, I hope your long weekend is going well on this Sunday, the 17th of April for 2022. How are all those hot cross buns going? I have to say that... I've just had a couple with my morning coffee, but the problem is that I'm not a big fan of sultanas or raisins, so I tend to eat the chocolate hot cross buns, which means more gym workout time to compensate. Thankfully, though, the chocolate hot cross buns are not a year-round thing.
0: It's the main centre forecast with propertybuyer.com.au.
1: Yes, let's have a look at the weather forecast in Sydney. Partly cloudy today with 24 degrees. Melbourne expecting fine with 28. Brisbane expecting partly cloudy conditions today with 27 degrees and in Perth expecting another fine day with 23 degrees.
0: We feature market updates, interviews and trends. It's your real estate podcast for breakfast.
1: Well earlier this week I spoke to auctioneer Damien Cooley and learned something that I didn't know about auctions when it came to active bidders. So in order to have a strong competition at auction time, you need 3.5 active bidders, which is considered positive. But anything less than that, less than 3.5 active bidders, and that heads towards the negative range. And I asked Damien about more homes being listed for sale, giving buyers a much greater
2: choice. I think the supply and demand absolutely plays a plays a role in any market, and, and property is no different. Um, if there's more properties on the market in any given suburb. And there's only a certain amount of buyers that are looking at purchasing, prices will be affected. If you look at any suburb and you type in to one of the portals, you type in how many properties come up in, in all price ranges in any given suburb, and, and you look, if you look, say, three months ago and you look now, there's more properties in most suburbs, if not all, there's more properties on the market in those suburbs now than there was that signifies change because the buyer pool, I don't believe, is getting stronger at the moment. It's it's probably getting weaker. This period pre-Easter is always a, a very busy period. People go away on holidays. Um, they're enjoying their families. I think it's a little bit unique this year also because we've come off the back of a big boom. And I think also we've come out of out of a... Of a time that has never been seen before lockdown periods and not being able to go away on holidays and i think that that has had a huge impact on the way people feel and the way people feel has an impact on whether they buy or sell real estate and what they're buying i think we also need to look at what buyer pools there are, are out there and what i mean by that is how are first home buyers going how are the downsizes going how are the upsizes going What are their buyer behaviours that we're seeing at auctions right now? What are their buyer behaviours that we're seeing at auctions right now?
0: It's your Real Estate Weekend podcast in review.
1: Also this week, I spoke to Faye Barrett, who recently staged the Melbourne Tiny Homes Expo last month. And she got 12,000 people through the turnstiles, which is showcasing the range of different styles of tiny homes. And I asked her about the varied construction styles of the different builds.
3: Right. Well, there's the quintessential tiny home, which is the pretty tiny home, which is on wheels. But they also come on skids in the form of shipping containers and modulars. At the Melbourne Expo, we also had well um, wagons there, you know, like gypsy wagons or Vardy, as they are called. Then there's just backyard pods um, in all kinds of different shapes. In fact, in Melbourne, we probably had the most diversity that I've ever seen of any of any get together of any tiny homes ever. I was reading
1: about the prices because the prices have really taken off in terms of building these. I think I read somewhere where it's gone up in the magnitude of something like 50% over a period of time. So what can you tell us about that?
3: Without a doubt, the tiny home industry, just like the normal building industry, is being hit by the increase in materials that the builders use. So that has definitely had a lot to do with it. And more and more people are getting um, into the tiny home building, but people want real luxury items. And one of the desires with tiny homes is people really like to build them to their exact whims. And with that comes a lot of luxury items. The other side of things that has put the price of tiny homes, I feel, into a higher bracket is the need for them to be completely off grid. So you can put them in the back of your dwelling where you would be able to fix them to your sewerage and to your power, etc. But more ideally is to be able to put them wherever you want. So a completely off-grid home is going to set you back an extra twenty dollars to $25,000 for solar and sewerage and grey water systems, etc. So that really does help with pushing the prices up. But most of all, I would say it's the luxury additions. People would like baths and nice fittings and really luxurious finishes on their homes.
0: It's your Real Estate Weekend podcast in review.
1: Well, one of the big problems right across the country at the moment, and it's a big headache moving forward, is the rapid rising construction costs. And I asked Rich Harvey how this is likely to impact on property values. Very significantly, Craig. You know, this is one of the things that's my arguments for continuing to buy property now, even in a declining market, even if prices are coming off the boil, because construction costs are rising so rapidly with inflation. You know, we've seen the price of timber rise between 15 to 20 percent. And my son, who's a carpenter, trying to get LVL beams is just it's so difficult. There's such a delay on them at the moment. The cost of steel, aluminium, everything has gone up quite significantly. So, and a lot of builders are running into trouble because they've got fixed price contracts and they won't be making a lot of money on some of their uh, existing bills. They're almost doing it for nothing. So what that means for the value of the property is that, in fact, it turns this this myth on its head that buildings can actually hold their value. Yes, they go down in value, but they continue to hold their value well over time, particularly in periods where you've got rising construction costs.
0: It's your Real Estate Weekend Podcast in Review.
1: And this week when we spoke to Damien Cooley, I asked him about the number of auctions where there is no active bidding going
2: on. Yeah, we're seeing uh, it's a lot more challenging to start start auctions. We're seeing more and more vendor bids, for example, being used to commence an auction. Like in New South Wales, as an example, you are allowed to use the auctioneer that is, is allowed to use one bid on behalf of the vendor. And traditionally, we would use that that bid in a number of different ways. Sometimes it can be at, at a really low number just to get people comfortable to place a bid. And it's almost used as a number that's enticing people to bid above. To the contrary, if there's a scenario where we only have one registered bidder, we might use that vendor bid at a higher number and use that as a as a positioning tool. So to try and get it closer, to either closer to where we need to be to sell or even at the price we need to be to sell. So we're seeing more of that. What we are also seeing though, Craig, is that once we do get a bid, it feels a lot easier to get more bids after that. There's a lot of people questioning, is the market going to tank? Yeah. And and when they question, is the market going to tank, there's, they're nervous about starting the bidding. So we're seeing a lot less aggressive bidding tactics and we're seeing more um, conservative bidding tactics at auction. But that's the auctioneer's role, to establish a floor price and to, to get buyers bidding. And the best thing for any owner to see, um, which is what we always say to buyers, the best thing you can do is actually bid. Because all the owners, they understand the market isn't as good as it was. They know that. What the owner needs to see is they need to see competition so they can, in their own mind, justify saying yes to a price that may not necessarily be the price they first thought they'd get.
0: We connect you to the best real estate information across Australia. The Real Estate Podcast.